Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Lisa Ryan. And I'm Caitlin Menza. And it's time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know. Please join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed, and follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. And please subscribe to the podcast and leave us the royal rating of a five-star review. You can also send us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com and ask us any questions or just general comments. Or say hi. Say hi. We love love hearing hi. You can send us Valentine's now. Oh, valid. We're almost in that season. Valid. Mm -hmm. Um, This week, we have a lot to go over. Um, We are starting with highlights from BAFTA, the BAFTA Awards. Mm -hmm. Um, We have some crown news. And we have... A very, very special guest. Oh, we sure do. His name is Ari. He's a 13-year-old royal expert, and his mother is the phenomenal New York Times reporter, um, Katie Rossman, and we are just so excited to have him on to teach us everything we honestly don't know about the monarchy. Yeah, and he's sort of, he's been gaining some titles himself, so we're going to get into exactly how he went about that. He's yes. really going to school us. And, I'm excited and terrified. <laughs> and since we have a 13-year-old on the show today, our royal refreshment. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. Shirley Temple. <laughs> this is Shirley Temple. It's delicious. It is so delicious. Ugh, I feel like a cherry ginger ale is just so yummy. I feel really, all the time. I feel really energized probably from all the sugar. I do love sugar. Wow. <laughs> they got it right. Um, and then we have a listener email with the subject line is Birthday Queen Part 2. So I feel like it's possible that this is for you or that you should read it. No. No? It's, it's not what it is. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> we have an email from Jess, and it's Birthday Queen Part 2 because it is a continuation from an email that was shouting her out for her birthday. We have so many interconnected listener emails these days. I know. The tangled webs we weave. <laughs> um so, Caitlin, if you would like to do the honors. Yes. Greetings. My name is Jess, a.k.a. the girl you gave a birthday shout out to last week. Amazing. Firstly, I would like to say thank you so much for wishing me a happy birthday. It was truly the best birthday surprise I could have asked for. I know you were concerned about my safety, but you'll be surprised to know I wasn't living the typical party life of a 21-year-old woman. I'm actually on a college swim team, and I had a two-day competition on my birthday, so the only thing in my system was chlorine. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> for a quick anecdote on my royal history, my mom was a follower of Princess Diana and respected her principles and kindness towards everyone. She was absolutely devastated after the tragic death, which thus introduced me to the royals, to learning about the royals. I'm actually from Australia and moved to America seven years ago. This is when I met my best friend, Ellen, who wrote to you about my birthday. I'm here to return the favor. This 27th, it will be Ellen's 21st birthday as well. Though it pains me to say it, I must admit she has been even more dedicated to learning about the royals than I have been. It would mean the world to her if you could bestow her a royal birthday announcement. Thank you for making my Thursday mornings a little more cheerful. Warmly, Jess. So a very big happy birthday to Ellen. Um, of course, Again, I'm shocked that 21-year-olds are listening. Yes, happy birthday. And not taking shots. Not to just make, not to paint 21-year-olds with a broad brush, but 
that's what I was doing a lot of at that time. You were not on a swim team. I was not. Sure was not. Sure was not. <laughs> I'm a terrible swimmer. Um, so that is so lovely. Happy birthday to Ellen. Thank you so much for listening, Jess um, and Ellen. And yes. yay. Birthdays all around. All around. And so now we have This Week in Royal History. And now, This Week in Royal History. It was the death of King George VI. Yes. So uh, King George VI passed away on February 6th, 1952. Um, And so the announcement from Sandringham came, the king who retired to rest last night in his usual health passed peacefully away in his sleep early this morning. He was 56 years old and he was in the 16th year of his reign. Um, So of course you might remember this from the first two or three episodes of The Crown um, Mm -hmm. or from not his death, but that was portrayed there. But also you might know a little bit about his life from the movie The King's Speech as well. Yes. Yes. So I think both of those um, pop culture moments really helped him seem like a really warm, lovely person in my mind's eye. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, uh, the queen held him in the highest esteem and was really so hurt by his death. And they held out on her coronation uh, for longer than would be sort of normal or typical for the those sorts of things um, because she was in mourning. And I thought of it this week to be our royal history because, of course, she just finished her winter break. So she typically has a much longer Christmas break than most most of us have, certainly. <laughs> um, and so she usually wraps it up this week. Um, she waits and sort of, I think, honors her father's passing um, from the Peace of Sandringham and then returns to royal duties the week after. Um, but yeah, so he well, – George the Sixth, February 6th, 1952 – so that was a while ago, huh? while ago. Yeah. Um, so now let's get to the BAFTAs. Yes. So uh, we had a royal appearance at the BAFTAs. Will and Kate were there, which makes sense because Will is the president of the BAFTAs. So um, the theme this year was sustainability. Yes. So all the guests were asked to wear sustainable clothes, which we discussed a little bit last week, could sort of be open to interpretation. Does that mean you recycle an old item? I mean, I the word recycle is not really right here. Does that mean that you rewear an mm-hmm. item from your past, from your closet, or that you work with a sustainable designer, somebody like Stella McCartney, who has a clear dedication to these types of causes? Um, so we were really excited to see what Kate would wear, and we made some of our predictions last week, but we were super wrong, as were most people, even the fashion experts. Yes. She wore an Alexander McQueen that she's not worn for Almost 10 years, right? Eight years. Yeah, she first wore it or only wore it um, on a tour of a royal tour of Malaysia from 2012. So it was really an unexpected one because that one sort of seemed to fit with Malaysia because of the embroidery and sort of the golden white, the motifs. Um, And this one, it just made it seem extra special to see it on a red carpet and to see her style it differently. And of course, she, 2012, she didn't have any kids yet. And so she had worn her hair down then. And this time she wore it up in like this big updo. And she wore completely different jewelry, like these uh, Van Cleef and Arpels earring and necklace set. So it was like a big sparkly moment. And the dress moved really beautifully. I will say it wasn't my favorite. I loved that she chose, like, went deep into the archives. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, it was flattering. But it wasn't my favorite dress. Something about the bodice and, like, the sort of, I don't know, the bra cups, essentially, for mm. I, I, the best terminology I can come up with. I just didn't like that neckline. And I thought, I just wish the whole dress was of that, like, golden white material instead of the weird bra cups. 
I did appreciate, though, that she stuck with the sustainable theme. Yes. Because most people on that red carpet, it seems like they didn't. They were wearing their couture gowns and they all looked really lovely, but I'm not so confident that they used sustainable fabric or worked with designers that were making sustainable choices. And my whole take is it's not that hard to rewear a gown you've had before if you are someone of that caliber, you can probably pick out one of the many gowns that yeah. you've either borrowed or are just sitting in your closet. Yeah, like, it was pretty baffling. Like, or work with a, you know, your call celebrity. Stella. Yeah, call Stella McCartney or work with a fashion house to pull something from like the Chanel archives. Like what a fun assignment is that? So yeah, I did see some speculation that maybe that that edict came down too late and people didn't have oh, time to prepare, but that I don't know. Sense. I think it's like a fun fashion challenge, so why not lean into it? So I'm glad, of course, that Kate did. Um, mm-hmm. And while we're, well, I was going to say political, but it's certainly not political. Um, when Prince William got on the stage, he criticized the lack of diversity in the BAFTA nominations. You know, he started out his speech saying, Catherine and I are once again really delighted to join you this evening. We celebrate another exceptional a year, another year of exceptional filmmaking, et cetera, et cetera. And then he said, yet in 2020, and not for the first time in the last few years, we find ourselves talking again about the need to do more to ensure diversity in this sector and in the awards process that simply cannot be right in this day and age. Um, And then he mentioned, um, I know that both Pippa, chair of BAFTA, and Amanda, BAFTA CEO, share that frustration and continue to work tirelessly to ensure that creative talent is discovered and supported. Um, So I liked that he really went there. Yeah. And then... um I think everyone should uh, look up Joaquin Phoenix's speech because it was really, really powerful about systemic racism. And he said that even he was part of the problem because he hadn't made his sets as inclusive as possible. So that was two very powerful um, statements about racism. But then on a more lighthearted note, um, Brad Pitt made a joke. Um, So he wasn't there. He wasn't at the award show, but he won. And so Margot Robbie uh, accepted the award for him. And so one of his jokes... He's doing quite well with his jokes. He loves making jokes about his own divorce from Angelina Jolie. It's such yeah. a weird choice, but okay. But like, do you? If that's <laughs> if that's what's happening in your life, fine. Sure. Like, yeah. So he said, hey, Britain, heard you just became single. Welcome to the club. Wishing you the best with the divorce settlement, which obviously is about Brexit. Right. And then um, Margot said later that um, he says he's going to name this Harry because he's really excited about bringing it back to the States with him. Yeah, and of course the camera like cut to Prince William and Kate Middleton who like didn't have a huge reaction because of course they probably knew something like this was coming and they know how to handle themselves. But, oh man, it must be, if that's what's happening like in front of, I don't know, on the main stage, I can't imagine the jokes they're getting all the time behind the scenes. So, mm-hmm. um, but there's Brad with the sort of dad jokes. So <laughs> I'll take it. And now we have um, some updates about The Crown. Yes. Um, it's been revealed that... The Crown is going to end after five seasons. There was some confusion about the phrasing because they, f- they said the fifth and final season. And some people were like, fifth and final? But I think right, it right, means right. fifth and final. Like, yeah. fifth is the final. Those are two descriptors for the same season. Yes. And then they confirmed that Imelda Staunton is going to be Queen Elizabeth, the final queen. Yes. Which, didn't we see, like, yeah, gossip we, reports? Yeah, there were reports on this back in November. And at the time, Netflix denied it. But I'm sure, that must, so it must have been true the whole time, um, that it was it, it is indeed Imelda Stone, who I believe plays Dolores Umbridge in the Harry Potter series, right? Yes. So you might be familiar with her from that. Um, I'm sure she'll do a wonderful job. I am super bummed to hear that it's going to end a 
you know, a season early, a year early. Um, so I'm working on a piece about this and I was sort of complaining, I, as you'll see, hopefully, um, I complain in it that I'm just disappointed because if every season is roughly a decade, that means that season four will be late 70s to late 80s-ish, and that season five, the final season, will be late 80s to late 90s-ish. Um, in his statement, Peter Morgan said Imelda Staunton will take the queen into the 21st century, quote-unquote, so maybe it'll extend into 2000, 2001, 2002. Um, but I'm disappointed to hear that it'll end like right in the aftermath of Princess Diana's death because mm-hmm. we've seen Peter Morgan do this before. You know, his mm-hmm. 2006 film with Helen Mirren, The Queen, is about the aftermath of Princess Diana's death and how Queen Elizabeth didn't handle it well publicly and personally. Um, and so I just feel like he's done that. And I, I had hoped that we would see more of, I don't know, Prince William going off to college, maybe meeting Kate Middleton. Like, I think there's plenty of interesting material from the early aughts and certainly till today. We could have seen Prince Charles marry Camilla finally. And I don't know. I'm disappointed by that. And we haven't talked about this a lot, but I was overall pretty disappointed with season three. Yeah. We didn't talk about it again on the show because truthfully, I didn't finish it until last week. Um. Like, we watched a bunch when it first came out, but I didn't want to – at first, I didn't want to, like, binge it all in one go. I wanted to savor it, and then I realized Christmas happened, and then January happened, and I still hadn't finished the show, which is so bizarre. So for The Crown season one and two, I couldn't stop watching. I had to see what's going to happen next. I was so engrossed. I felt like, you know, what's going to happen to this one plot point that I'm following? But season three felt more like vignettes, so it didn't feel like I needed to just watch all the way through, which I know is a bit of a hot take because a lot of people really like season three and we're like maybe the outliers. But I had a hard time finishing it as well because like right now I've been binging Watchmen, which is this incredible show. And Mm. I'm thinking about it all the time. And I'm like, what's going to happen next? Like I need to finish it. I have two episodes left. I'm going to finish it tomorrow night (laughs) and I can't wait. But like The Crown season three, I was just kind of like, Oh. Yeah, you would watch one episode. They're not connected to each other really in any way. So you'd watch one and you'd be like, okay. And then it would feel longer than an hour. It would feel like a movie. And so you would just be like, okay, I'm good on that. I mean, I still adore the entire cast. Um, Olivia Coleman is amazing, but I feel like they gave her pretty boring material and didn't ask for a huge amount of range. Um, Tobias Menzies is adorable. Helena Bonham Carter can insult me to my face and I would be super honored. I thought that the guy who played Prince Charles, whose name I don't know, maybe you know it. Josh O'Connor. He did a good job as well. A miracle. Like the way he would stoop his shoulders and like scrunch up his face and he would just look like pitiful Prince Charles at that age. I just thought he was unbelievable. I thought obviously Princess Anne. Oh, so great. I would watch seven hours of her like dancing to David Bowie in her car. But more of that. The person who played um, Camilla, Emerald Fennell, she is this incredible screenwriter. Yes, and director. Yes, and she like ran, I think, was season two of Killing Eve, and now she has a new movie that everybody's talking about, and it's kind of like a Me Too revenge movie, and it looks so incredible with Carrie Mulligan. So they had like an all-star cast. Yeah, just like give me more of this. I complain in my essay that's coming out that it's a love square, like – Charles and Camilla and Andrew Parker Bowles were a love square with siblings, which is so bizarre and like crazy. And they only gave it one episode and we don't even get to see Charles and Camilla meet, which seems like a waste. And they spent all this time on Andrew Parker Bowles. With respect, he's actually a very interesting person, but mm-hmm. not in that group. He's the least interesting part of the square. He's played by the dad from Broadchurch. Oh, interesting. And Olivia see, Coleman was in Broadchurch. <laughs> Also, he seemed too old for that role. I just was like, what is this show? I mean, of course, the tiaras are great. 
Helena Bonham Carter in sunglasses for one full hour as the final episode all about that but like Mm -hmm. I just didn't just didn't love it overall so I really hope they pull it together for these final seasons I'm excited for Imelda Staunton I'm of course excited for the Princess Diana episodes and the actress looks amazing so I'm ready for all of that um yeah and now we are joined by the biggest Royals fan we could find in New York City if not the United States um Ari Thank you so much for being here. You're very welcome. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. So we had to have you on because, well, we met your mom and she shared that you are a huge, huge Royals fan or maybe just a monarchist. What what do you think would be the best term for you? Define monarchist. (laughs) Fan of the monarchy, believer in the monarchy. Oh, that has a different meaning. Please, please. please. We are ready to be educated. (laughs) Well, I don't want to be wrong, but I think that a monarchist is somebody who is politically in support of the monarch, in which I am, but I am an American and I do not have a monarch. That's true. So I am a fan of the monarchy and the family Okay. in the House of Windsor, but not, you know what I mean. I do. So maybe not politically, especially as an American. Okay, that's interesting. How did you first become interested in royals? And was it the British monarchy specifically that started the, the thrill for you? Well, there. I wouldn't say that it's just one thing. To start Elizabeth Holmes, of which both of you are familiar, right? Yes, yes. we are. <laughs> um, She's how we met your mom. That's true. Exactly. Um, she she would, before, while well, she was working at the Wall Street Journal before her marriage and children, she was still obsessed. It's been a very long time. <laughs> I remember once I was getting on a plane to Florida, and my mom said to me, according to Elizabeth, now that Prince George was born, she is a princess. Now I know that she's been a princess since the date of her marriage by creation laws however i know what she meant because on the birth certificate said that her occupation was a princess of the united kingdom on the birth kate yeah but and then i got this entire wall in my bedroom of members of the british monarchy that i have slowly started to take down and replace with photos of my ancestors Mm -hmm. and um my favorite one is a certificate of my joining of the Sons of the American Revolution mm-hmm. and a small stained glass Last Supper that I got in Paris. Wow. And also I'm descended from a lot of the British aristocracy and the Norwegian aristocracy. That does not matter as much as the British <laughs> aristocracy. Okay. What do you think it was about Prince George's birth that interested you? And that was you must have been what, seven or so? At that point? Yes, I was seven years old, just about. No, yes, I was. (laughs) Um, I mean, I don't necessarily know. I think that it was more exciting for me when Princess Charlotte was born. Mm -hmm. I remember in third grade, I said to my, or second grade, was it? I said to my teacher, Mrs. Malley, guess what? Princess Kate is pregnant. And I read about it in the New York Times this morning. Um, I didn't really read about it. My mom read it to me. But but it sounded cool. Of course. Um, I don't know. And a lot of people say that there's a Prince George effect where Prince George's birth and style got a lot of people worldwide interested, and maybe I am I have fallen victim to that. Okay, but I 
I don't really know. I think it goes to show most of us have a personal connection, like some of the younger fans, of which I'm considering myself a younger fan like you, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) that we were interested because of Kate Middleton and Meghan Markle, and now you're interested because of Prince George. I just think it's really cool. And when we were kids, we remembered um, Princess Diana dying. Mm -hmm. So that was, I think that's a big touch point for a lot of young fans as well. But Ari, we wanted to ask you because your mom told us that you are... I don't know how to say it because I am uneducated in this way. (laughs) You are a lord. Is that it? Well, in England, you can be a lord of the manor. And Hugin Manor, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, sells seated titles Mm -hmm. um, where you can purchase a small, very small part of the land. I have a packet in my bedroom that I go through from time to time when I am bored. <laughs> um, Scott Disick is a lord. Yes. Um, <laughs> I did not actually know that was a real thing. I thought that was just his Instagram handle. Did he buy it from the same place? Yes. Oh. Okay. Wow. Um, their site says that the title is not hereditary, but to me that doesn't make sense because the seated title has to be hereditary, but I've spoken to Ross with one S multiple times over email, and he has made it very clear to me that when I have children, I cannot pass it down to them. So I finally took the hint. (laughs) (laughs) That's so amazing. Okay, so you were saying that you're descended uh, from some, you have some British aristocracy in your background. Or Norwegian, right? And Norwegian. And, yes. Okay. I want to get back to your Lord of the Manor ship. Um, Mm -hmm. So you bought a very small plot of land from that manor, and is it not in a pond, right? Or oh, Baffin's Pond. What I think you're referring is different. Oh, it's different. Oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) What part of land is in the manor that you own? Like, (laughs) do you know the what part, or is it a? It's just like in general, they sell like square feet. Oh, okay, got it. Wow. Okay. I'm really putting my foot in my mouth. <laughs> no, listen, it's actually going to show that there are so many ways that, as an American, you can figure out how to sort of have a part of the British, uh, of the United Kingdom. So what were, is Baffin Pond something separate that you worked on? It is. Okay, so what exactly is your relationship to that land? Well, when I was in France this summer, I decided that I was going to become a royal. Sure. And then I looked into it, and that, would be difficult, um, <laughs> according to Reddit. Um, so I looked up an alternate way, which was starting a micronation. I looked up uninhabited places, um, and I found this place called Baffin's Pond, which had been sold and changed hands many times over the last, like, 900 or so years. But the islands inside of the pond were never mentioned in the deal. So, like, I thought, huh, well, I should take over. Uh, <laughs> of course, of course. Where is this pond? Um, Portsmouth, England. Okay. okay. Um, so I emailed this guy, Robert Gerald. One minute, can I look at this? Of course. Name? Yeah, sure. Gerald Vernon Jackson. He, um, he was a councilman, I think, in Portsmouth. And he told me... Um, I'm sorry to tell you that Baffin's Pond is defined as a a public open space. Portsmouth is a very heavily developed city with lack of public open space. Therefore, I'm not allowed to give away any of the land. Best wishes, Gerald. Sent from my iPhone. (laughs) (laughs) But what did you ask him? Like, you asked to be able to take over it as a micronation? 
Do you care if I read it? Oh my god, please, please, do. please. please. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna embarrass myself. No, it was no, great. We do it all the time. <laughs> I sent it while I was in Paris. <laughs> Dear sir, hello. I hope this finds you well in health and happiness. <laughs> I am 13 years of age, attached as a photograph of myself, and I put a picture of me in Paris. If you can't tell, I really liked Paris. Of course. <laughs> um, it's the only reaction to Paris. <laughs> the reason I'm contacting you is because I found out through online research that Grand Duke Louis Stevens has abandoned his Grand Dukey with quotes. Um, I am not aware if the city of Portsmouth has taken back the Grand Dukey. <laughs> And it's possible it has. However, if it is not, I have a question. I have an interest of having my very own country, own title, things of that sort. And things by- of that sort. I just really <laughs> want to call attention to that phrase because I liked it quite a lot. <laughs> like, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> Let me find myself. Sorry, I interrupted. No, it's fine. And by claiming this land for myself, that would be possible. Then I go into a whole thing about the titles and what I would be. Um, this would be a constitutional monarchy, of course. We wouldn't try to possess real power over it. If people like swimming in the pond, for example, they can um, they can swim in the pond. That example was to prove I won't try to change things very much. And then I go on to say that I'm not going to change any laws. It's still going to be whatever the city and the queen says. I'm not going to read the rest of the email, but it's just basically being like, is it okay? And mm-hmm. he was like, no. <laughs> there was an aspect th- when I read the email that I really liked. I mean, I liked it all. But especially where you said, like, I am not going to – if I don't hear from you, I will assume it's mine. Oh, if you do not respond to this email, you didn't deny me technically. So <laughs> if you do not respond, I'll take it as approval. Have a lovely week. <laughs> I also thought it was very respectful that instead of declaring yourself king of that piece of land, you suggested that your parents would be king and queen and that you would be the prince. I changed my mind. Oh, wow. Oh, you changed your mind? Okay. Did you change your mind before you got the email saying no? Yes, because my parents, thank God, and God forbid anything happens, are in very good health, and I would not be king for quite some time, hopefully. Well, oh, yeah. So I was very disappointed, so I just decided to throw them out. That's only fair. Um, so what sure. happens when you have a title but no power or job associated with it? Is it just like bestowed upon anyone that's born or do they still have any sort of royal well, benefits? Yeah. Well, yeah, but like do they have any benefits other than the title? Well, I mean, I bet you the title is the benefit. Yeah. They, I mean, I think that Achilles Glucksburg, I think he's of the House of Glucksburg, um, has a higher chance of getting into college as his royal highness That's Prince Achilles Andreas <laughs> of the House of Glucksburg. That's yeah. an excellent point. Yeah. I don't even know why I asked. It would be hard to fill out all those bubbles, though, with that many titles and that long of a name. Um, okay, so I really also wanted to ask you, um, in your, if we could bring it back down to this current generation of royals, you know, we're looking at, you know, you mentioned Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth, but when you look at Charles and William and waiting in the, <laughs> <laughs> waiting in the race, um, how do you feel about the job they're going to do? What have you liked so far? I'm going to come out and say it, you know. <laughs> sure. Um, my last name isn't online currently, mm-hmm. so I have nothing to worry about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. I don't like the Prince of Wales. <laughs> I don't think you would be the first person to have that feeling. And I do not like the Duchess of Cornwall. Oh, do not even get me started. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think is the problem with Charles? I think that being born in 
to, well, let me phrase it like this. Disney and other children's films put a light on royalty, making it seem fun, going to these balls, marrying your prince, having a big wedding. But from what I understand, it is not that easy and fun. My friend Eloise and I had a conversation about it today, Mm -hmm. walking home from school, um, where it's like, you're not only, it's not only just the way it's not only just being a prince or a princess and the fanciness and being able to grow up in a palace, but there's great responsibility that comes with it because being a royal, especially in a kingdom that still has a monarchy, is a form of serving England. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, he, his job from the time he was born, because from the time he was born, he was supposed, he was going to be the next king of England because Mm -hmm. people knew that he wasn't going to have any sons. Um, the king, George VI, wasn't going to have any more sons when he was about to die. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was born with that responsibility. And I guess some people might want to, like, walk away from it. I'm not pointing fingers. But, <laughs> um, sure. But I just think that being a British prince, especially the Prince of Wales, comes with great responsibility and he should have stuck it out and he he doesn't really use his i i really don't know how to phrase this i'm sorry i just feel like being the prince of wales comes with great responsibility that he should be able to handle like i understand if he didn't really love the princess of wales diana but like he maybe he could have handled himself a little bit better he could have handled himself better but, like, also, I think that the British royal family deeply mistreated Diana. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's a shame. But the Duke of Cambridge, however, mm-hmm. I like him very much. I like the Duchess of Cambridge very much. Um, I think that they are much more the image that we want to see. Mm-hmm. I think that their royal highnesses, the princess and princess, George Lewis or Louis and Charlotte are very um I I think that family I very much respect the Cambridge family and I am happy if and I'm happy if um the Prince of Wales never became king and his mother outlived him somehow and um Prince William became the king (laughs) you're not the only one to sort of hope that I mean I think you know there's been discussion that I don't know that the queen would step down but I don't think that's going to happen Mm -hmm. and I bet you don't either she made a vow publicly on radio which means that she has to keep it Mm -hmm. that she was going to serve her country as long as she was able now early to mid 90s she is still serving her country and she is still able yeah I mean the only time she ever missed church was because she had a cold yeah (laughs) like yeah she's very hardy for sure (laughs) And her mother lived until 102 or so. So I think we have some time. I hope. God, yes. you know, long live the queen. <laughs> um, so also I wanted to ask about the birthday gift that you are seeking this year. So your birthday is next month, as is mine. Um, and I know you've expressed... Pisces. Pisces. And I know you've expressed interest in a, another gift that relates to a title. So can you explain what you're hoping for? 
Oh, well, I asked for this for the holidays over December. I always send my parents a wish list and they don't respond. <laughs> um, sure. But this time they acknowledged that they saw it, which was a deep honor for me. <laughs> I requested this. I'm not going to advertise the specific mm-hmm. Micronation that was offering it, but a Micronation was offering a genuine German title. Wow. Um, and it was a micronation, and I think that micronation titles are legitimate because, mm-hmm. you know, if you're the king of your own country, why not sell the titles? You're the king. Am I right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Do you think – in when I'm looking at the future, do you think you will – are you considering studying in the UK or studying abroad in the UK? I would love to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's um, academic success that plays a role in it, which is yes. something that I would need to acquire first. <laughs> <laughs> We're also, glad to have a focus on your studies. Do you think you might study history? Because you're already such a buff, like a history buff. You're such an expert. Well, I don't know what I'm going to do. Right now, I am wanting to major in political science and minor in sociology. And right now I'm 13 years old. So right you now, got some time. Yes. You, you got, got some, some time. time. That's that's for sure. But it's nice to have goals. You have goals about titles and goals for your education. I like that very much. Well, Ari, thank you so, so much for being here. This was a true delight. Um, it's a weird, slow time for the Royals. And we're very happy to have you here to inject some much needed energy into the proceedings. <laughs> and to um, teach us. And we to teach to us learn so much. Things, so thank you. Yeah, we happy, we're wishing you a happy, very early birthday. Um, oh, and we hope likewise. you get everything you want. I'm giving your mom the eye while I say that. <laughs> um, we think <Please>. that <laughs> <laughs> we really respect your interest in the monarchy and all the work you've done learning about them. And so we thank you for sharing it with us. Well, you're very welcome (laughs) and maybe we'll have you back once you potentially gain another title maybe (laughs) mother (laughs) also giving the eye thank you so much ari um i've learned so much i've learned so much and i think i'm ready for a title of my own oh yeah (laughs) i I want that for you yeah for my own march birthday i'm ready for that for you i agree um so before we adjourn the royal pod we have some highs and lows it's time for the royal highs and lows Countess Caitlin, can we please start with your low? Yeah, I think my low is the crown ending early. I don't know. I'm just like bummed about it. I need all the things to look forward to that I can get. And I'm just like, why not just one more season? Give me the early odds. Give me where I come into the picture as a royal fan, you Mm -hmm. know? So that's a bummer. My low will just be some rumors that I saw circulating that were like immediately shut down. Obviously, everybody is very interested in what Meghan and Harry are up to, but it seems like people just keep on publish publishing unsubstantiated reports and it's just a lot. Yeah. Actually, one more low for me, another unsubstantiated report um, is that we still, we don't know where Princess Beatrice is getting married and I feel like every other week there's some new report that it's going to be in Buckingham Palace. No, it's going to be in Italy. No, it's going to be in Windsor Castle. Like, we don't know. Nobody knows. I don't think anybody knows. And we'll get an announcement when we get an announcement. We'll all need to chill. Yeah, just chill. Um, and so, Caitlin, what's your high? Oh, my God, it's so fun. Okay, so Prince Charles, <laughs> he visited um, a TK Maxx, which is the British version of TJ Maxx. What? I know. <laughs> Listen, if That's I, not a typo? If I didn't have the article in front of me, I would think it was a typo. But I believe they call it TK Maxx. Still two X's. So he visited um, a branch branch 
of the budget retailer today in Tooting, so, which is in South London. And ugh, what an adorable man, because here are some of the quotes. He told em- employees how impressed he was about how fresh and brightly lit it looked. He walked in and he said it was amazing. He didn't expect it to be so bright and so luxurious. He said it was very fresh and liked how the layout of the store looked. He was happy with the layout of the store. So wait, Caitlin, <laughs> does that mean he is? He's a Maxinista. He's a Maxinista. Incredible. Just absolutely incredible. So I don't completely grasp why that was an important stop on his work today, but I'm really glad it was there. It's good to know that he can appreciate a deal. I know. I hope he picked up some potpourri or perhaps a pan for the Royal Kitchen. Yeah. Who knows? Just like discounted slippers. Yeah, but it's delightful. So that was a great, that's a happy high for me. Um, My high is also quite happy. Um, So today, Tuesday, Will and Kate were in Wales and they had a bunch of different events while they were there. But... At one particular event, Kate ran into some teachers from from her um, prep school that she attended until the age of 13, and she hadn't seen these teachers for 20 years, and that's very cute. And so apparently, according to Hello, she told the teachers, um, I want to instill in my children what I learned at St. Andrews, the name of the school. And uh, Denise, one of her teachers, told the magazine, Kate hasn't changed at all. You can tell. Pippa and James are wonderful, too. I've been waiting 20 years for this. Oh, adorable. I love teachers. I love teachers. We support teachers here. They're so important. They have such an impact on children's lives. And they surely do. I remember all of my teachers. Well, most the nice ones. The nice ones, yes. <laughs> um, okay, so you guys can drop us an email at info at gallery podcast to ask us any and all questions about the Royals. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review. Here is a real review. Oh, it's a mind bender. It sure is. It's from Caitlin S. 47, and she spells it like I spell it. So the subject line is, this Caitlin loves Caitlin and Lisa. Caitlin and Lisa make my commute to and from work happy every Thursday. They are warm, funny, and so fun to listen to. They satisfy my need to hear about the Royals and their escapades. Congratulations on 100 episodes, ladies. I will keep listening as long as you keep recording. Best wishes from a fellow Caitlin. K-A-I-T-L-I-N. So at first I thought, hmm, seems like maybe Caitlin wrote this. <laughs> but when she talked about commuting, I'm like, hmm, this one works from home sometimes. I work from home most of the time, so no, <laughs> no commute for me. Um, so you guys can follow the show on Instagram at Really Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Really Obsessed. You can follow me, Lisa, at Lisa Raya on Twitter and Instagram and my website which is just clips, is lisaraya.com. Caitlin. <laughs> and you can follow me, Caitlin, at heykmenz, H-E-Y-K-M-E-N-Z, on Twitter and Instagram, and read my writing at caitlinmenza.com. And until next week, guys, God save the pod. God save the pod. I honestly need more Shirley Temple. It's so good. Although I feel like the sugar's giving me too much energy. <laughs> it's so delicious. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.